Halflings, it has finally happened. We have merch! Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The crowd does indeed go wild. We have been working very hard behind the scenes to make some excellent merch for you all, which is available uh, to pre-order right now. Some of them will be available from the 3rd of October and the others from the 1st of November. We wanted to do this in time for the holidays so that if you know someone who maybe enjoys a bit of Three Black Halflings, you can get them a Christmas present or indeed for yourself. It's also a fantastic way to support the show. Basically, have like a Unati pack, by the way, a Unati stickers pack. It's true. Oh, awesome. Unati stickers pack. I like this. It's called the Suffer and Learn sticker pack, but originally it was called the Unati sticker pack. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay good. Okay. I'm happy with it with the Suffer and Learn. We liked it because it's like, then it's quotes. Instead of just pictures of Unati's face. Several <laughs> different expressions. Yeah. It's weird because this is not a video show. Mm. You know what it is? It's uh, visualizations of the audio track. <laughs> oh, like Unati's audio tracks from some of her finest episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the, it's just the blocked out lines where she's peaked her microphone yeah, from laughing. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the merch that we have available, we have a yellow collage hoodie, which has a mixture of designs and phrases from the show. The Three Black Halflings t-shirt, which has got an amazing design, and the words Three Black Halflings. It looks so nice. I'm very happy with that one. Then we have uh, the Outlaws and Obelisks poster. You can order a physical yes. poster. A beautiful, gorgeous poster of Outlaws and Obelisks. Then we have a pin and then two whole sticker packs. I, I have a question. Yes. Does this pin mm. definitively answer the question of the official abbreviation for Three Black Athletes? I think Athletes? it does. Because yeah, I think it maybe it does. Yeah. Uh, we've been saying TB, TBH. Should we swatch? Should we swatch? Should we start selling swatches? Should we start selling swatches? We have to tell about the deal with swatch. Black Halflings Swatch. The Three Black Halflings Swatch Watch. But, you know, this is one of those things that has evolved over time. We're, we're forming our brand identity, and I think 3BH is just a little bit better. We have officially become a corporation. We are a huge corporation with Jamal at the top. The top. Jamal is pleased. First critical role, then us. then us. There is also a tip jar on the store. If you would like to, you can give us a tip, and some of the proceeds will go to the amazing Jonathan Charles, who made the music for Outlaws and Obelisks. As when you donate to the tip jar at any level, you will be able to download the music that Jonathan has made for Outlaws and Obelisks and it trust me it is yes. absolutely incredible like you will want to listen to this good. without us all talking over the top of it because it's so <laughs> so so good I just listen to it I listen to it for fun yes like it's when it. I'm on planes and stuff, I'll just play the songs over and over again on a because they're so good. This is a true fact. Because they're real good. They're really good. Excellent tunage. And some of the stickers I'm very very proud of. I really think they look 
so badass, and I can't wait to slap yes. them all over my office. I love the Poochie Rat Bag sticker that is extremely late 90s. Yes, it really is! It is extremely <laughs> late 90s. Make sure you head over to store.dftba.com forward slash collections forward slash three black halflings. And if you would like to get yourself a discount, you can get 10% off if you are a patron on any tier. That is patreon.com forward slash tbhalflings. Woohoo! Uh, head over to all of our social medias. It will be plastered all over our social medias for a long, long, long time, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but please support the show, buy some merch. It means a lot to us and it would be really, really, really fucking cool to see some people, take some pictures. It's some three Black Halflings merch. I'm so goddamn excited. <laughs> well, let's get into this week's episode. <laughs> Hello, Halflings. It's me. Jeremy Cobb, and I am joined today by... Luanda, Nati Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Unati. And of course, Dark Fringe calls me the Scream Beast. Ooh, uh, in, parenthes- in reference to Jeremy, spelt J apostrophe, E-R apostrophe, E-M apostrophe, I-H. Uh-huh. Uh, pronounced like Jeremy from Dimension 20's uh, uh-huh. side quest, Escape from, uh, Escape from the Blood Keep. Uh-huh, I see. Yes. Okay. Cool, cool, the cool. the character that Matt Mercer uh, referred to on air as his favorite uh, companion animal companion of all time. Ah, awesome! Before cool. realizing what show he was on, and then immediately amending his statement to be, "Oh, I mean trinket." <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna give a hot take here. Uh, this is not an indictment on anyone's performances. I hate trinket. Aww. The bear sucks. <laughs> Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Get into something real big now. And here's 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 why I think Trinket Trinket is a problem. He's a bear. Okay. And this is D and D. And they started that campaign at least on terms of being on the air at mm. level nine. Ah. Uh, He's a bear. Okay. And it's level nine. Okay. That's he's dead weight. He's, and there's no question he is throughout the campaign. There are multiple times where they have to like, oh, we're trying to fly. Can somebody make Trinket fly? Uh, oh, we're, we're going to go do this thing. Can somebody make sure Trinket can like can Trinket fit on the magic carpet? And like Matt had like homebrewed this cool necklace thing yeah. that when Trinket inevitably died in any combat, he would pop up inside of this this uh, like pocket dimension that existed inside of the necklace. Mm-hmm. So he would die and then just be teleported to the necklace. And after a certain point, he they could pop him back out again. Okay. But it was just like this. A lot this, of work. The bear's useless. He's useless. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, Trinket's cute and stuff, but like, come on. Uh, there should yeah. he should have tragically died a long time <laughs> before, and then just been one of those things like, uh, remember Aww, Trinket? Remember? That's. I feel Aww. like that's how that should have gone. Oh no, bless. 
Anyway, uh, this literally, there's not even a segue. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about <laughs> Absolutely today. nothing. It's, but it's this fine. is, I guess, uh, considering it's October, Ooh, this yeah. is a spooky Halloween-themed Three Black Halflings episode. Correct me if I'm wrong, Unati. Jasper is not a big horror movie guy. Is that correct? Um, I don't think so. I think every time he has spoken about horror movies, he's kind of shuddered in fear. So I'm going to take that as a not yeah. a big horror movie guy. And every time yeah. he describes like being freaked out by things, like it always involves him like jumping and abandoning his like girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like you know? like, like so. when we were in the very first episode of The Cub and the Caterpillar. Yeah. When it turned out you guys were standing on a giant snake and he le- leapt off of the couch yeah. running out. Because this one was an actual like live stream, like a visual live stream. Yeah. And he jumped off of the couch and ran out of frame. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty strong <laughs> indicator that he doesn't right. really like the many scary things. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, while I guess while he's gone, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a perfect time. For us to do, because you and I both very much enjoy yeah. horror movies. I like a horror movie. I mean, they absolutely exacerbate my stress levels and freak me the fuck out, but I'll watch them. Mm. I yeah. didn't get into horror movies until my tw- late teens, like 19, and then like into my 20s. I think mm. that's when I actually started to get into horror movies. And uh, I love them. Love yeah. them, love them, love them. Um, I enjoyed them. I think my my parents were kind of fast and loose with like, with like the the the, the R ratings and stuff on like <laughs> movies. Mm. So like I watched a lot of stuff before I should have. Um, mm. <laughs> um, mm, like yes. I saw like um, The Shining and a whole bunch of things long before I was ready for The Shining. Mm. And, and like wh- what age range are we talking? I think I think the sort of like first memory I have of watching a horror film I was about like nine ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so by contrast, my parents were typically very careful about what they yeah. let me watch, which yeah. is partly why I got into horror movies much later than I think yeah. most people do. But yeah. the well, not much later, but later than most people do. Oh. The, uh, but the one movie that I did see that I was probably too young to have seen was the Terminator, oh, yeah, yeah, which I saw it. at the age of eight because uh. my dad forgot just how violent uh, and brutal it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, sometimes things slip through the crack, like cracks. I have a friend who, whose parents never let him watch like horror movies and stuff, but somehow because it was sci-fi, let him watch aliens when he was like, Oh, like damn. 10 <laughs> and i was like um Ooh. they didn't know what it was they were like oh this is just sci-fi i'm like Ooh. no man <laughs> um no yeah. this is yeah, i mean it is it, that is it one is. of the genres that it fits under yes that is yes true. that, that is, is technically true, true. yes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the uh the terminator by the way oh, yeah. i do also consider kind of a horror action yeah, I mean, like you can like you can liken the Terminator to Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. Like, yeah. he just keeps coming. Yeah, he's a yeah. sci-fi version of yeah. those. Yeah. Not on my list, but maybe it should be. Anyway, <laughs> we are going to talk about our top five horror movies. It took yeah. us a while to get there, but yeah. we're talking about them. 
talking uh, about We're that. talking about, Unati and I are going to talk about our top five horror movies. We're going to talk about uh, why they're our favorite horror movies. And not just, and look, before you turn off, because you're like, oh, I hate horror movies. I don't want to hear anything scary. We're also going to talk about how uh, horror as a genre can be used to represent things that you might not otherwise have been able to depict in quite this way. Exactly. Uh, the subtext can be incredibly strong and very, very effective in a horror movie. I have a couple of examples that aren't even on my list that I'm going to throw out there. Uh, and yeah. here's the thing. This is why it's useful, uh, for considering we are a TTRPG podcast. Yeah. This is something that you can bring into your games. Uh, yeah. Not that I'm saying you have to have a full-blown, horrifying, horror-like uh, themed campaign, mm. but... Uh, for those of you who are listening to Outlaws and Obelisks, I would say Outlaws and Obelisks uh, le- ventured pretty deep into horror in episode four. Yeah. Anyway, I've yeah. been talking for a long time. Unati, yes. why don't you give us the uh, the first movie on your top five horror movie list? The first movie on my top five uh, horror movie list, um, and I think it's pretty fitting after you uh, chatting about how it can be representational, is It Follows. Um, hey, that would have been I, one of the ones I would have brought up. Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed that film. Um, I thought it was well written, very well shot, um, and I thought it was evocative of. Yeah, it 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 kind of did what it did. It's it at face value, you know, it's about a sort of monster that passes on from person to person when they hook up. Um, and so it's a sexually it's it's sexually transmitted. Yeah, it's like a sexual. Yeah, it's basically like an STD. Um, and I think that it deals with shame, fear, and stigma around sexually transmitted diseases really well because of that. The the deal with the monster is that it will once you once the once you have become its target, it will never stop walking in the shortest possible route theoretically oh, yeah, to get to you, to you. Yeah. and you don't it, the thing is you don't know what the monster looks like because it will transform and assume various guises mm. depending on and it's also invisible to everyone else so if if you are not the monster's target it is completely invisible to you and if you are its target, you can't necessarily tell who or what it is because it can assume a variety of shapes. So sometimes it'll assume shapes of just random innocuous people for mm. stealth purposes. Other times it'll deliberately pick faces that you recognize or deliberately scary things just to seemingly the monster just wants to freak you out. And yeah. then once it gets up to you, it kills you. Just yeah. like beats you to death very brutally. We never actually see it. I don't think we see it kill anybody, yeah. but we see the aftermath of someone yeah. having been killed by it towards yeah. the beginning. And it's, it is something. Yeah, it's pretty it was, brutal. It was very violent. Yeah. So even with the score, the, yeah. the, 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 it's very much a throwback to 80s style slasher movies. Yeah. And it, yeah. it plays on the same horror movie subtext of like virginity being yeah. some form of purity and there's shame and death associated with sex. Sex. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know if is Scream on your list? No, Scream isn't on okay. my list. I mean I enjoyed that film. Then I'll I'll mention Asian Scream enough. as an example cuz I don't yeah. have it on my list either. Yeah. But Scream is a really great horror movie from the 90s yeah. that 
deals is very meta and de it's not really a deconstruction it's a little bit kind of it's sort of yeah anyway de scream is basically a movie uh, that's about horror movies yeah it's specifically slasher movies and yeah. they're talking about like the rules there are certain rules for yeah. survive successfully surviving a horror movie and they they are like listing like w number one is that you can never ever have sex yeah. If as soon as you have sex, you are marked for death. Yep. Virgins, people who have sex, the virgins who um, lose their virginity always die first. Yeah. Sexual subtext is strong with horror movies, with the horror genre. Uh, mm. I, that's going to come up a few times on my list, certainly. Uh, but yeah, it's it's um, that would be it follows a great example of of uh, I think a very it's a pretty present like it's not you don't have to dig real deep to yeah, get the text in that there. movie yeah but yeah and even beyond the text it's just like it's a scary movie there's some it's very really good scary. parts of that movie yeah um um like um there aren't a lot of like it's quite subtle and understated in how it kind of creeps up on you like if you're looking for loads of jump scares probably not the one for you mm. um but all in all still a very good film yeah in fact i don't think any of the movies on my list have good jump scares unfortunately yeah. yeah uh although i will say my favorite jump scare of all time is in the exorcist 3 if you've okay. seen the exorcist 3 you'll know what i'm talking about and if okay. you haven't seen the exorcist 3 my suggestion is go watch the exorcist 3 but if you really want to see the jump scare you can just go on youtube but it's just not going to be cool. as effective uh, okay. but anyway the exorcist 3 is not on my list uh mm -hmm. i just wanted to throw that out there because it's a great movie um the first movie that i'm going to mention on my list I believe it came out in 1968. <laughs> stars Mia Farrow in probably her most famous role at this point. Mm. Uh, she was she was a big star for years, but I think this is her most enduring movie. It's Rosemary's Baby. Oh yeah. Uh, this this movie, uh, in and of itself, is the, like there's not really much in the way of violence, not much in the way of blood in this movie, but it's it propagates a really paranoid. And just really eerie and uncomfortable atmosphere. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, no, I haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. Okay, yeah. The premise... I think I've seen um, the Zoe Saldana. Like, did they do a Zoe? Did they do a remake starring Zoe Saldana? Yeah, they did. Oh wait, they did a re they did a mini series. Yeah, it was a mini series. Yeah, I think, I think I've seen that. So, like, I know the story of Rosemary's oh, Baby. I was okay. I wasn't born under a rock, <laughs> but like, I haven't <laughs> seen the film. Uh, yeah. yeah, Rosemary's Baby is it basically a young woman named Rosemary and her husband, Guy, move into a new apartment. These elderly people are living next door. They have like basically and over the course of the movie, um, it becomes clear that Rosemary, uh, Rosemary falls pregnant after a very disturbing and unsettling sequence in which it's implied that Satan has shown up and has impregnated her. Um, and over the course of the movie, it becomes clear there's something real wrong with this kid. Yeah. And not only that, but everyone around Rosemary is just not listening to her. Yeah. Uh, and in and of the the movie itself is very good. I think like it's a pretty like it's it's mm. a classic for a reason. Yeah. But I think what really makes it interesting on a subtextual level, at least for me, I read it as a movie about. Patriarchy. It's about like the horrors of existing inside of a patriarchal system that you weren't aware of. 
Yeah. Um, the old, like Rosemary throughout the movie is going to people being like, yo, I'm getting these really strong pains inside. And like I have like a craving for like raw meat. I think it was something that happened. Yeah. And yeah. all these weird things. She's like, I don't feel good about this. What's going on? Yeah. This and, is a bit strange. <laughs> yeah. And and everybody's just like, that's fine. Oh, it's and fine. Her, you're just being a little bit. You're just being too sensitive. You'll be OK. Here, yeah. This weird concoction isn't there a point like somebody makes her like a bizarre concoction she needs to take over and over yeah the lady yeah. <laughs> who lives next door makes her this yeah. terrible tasting concoction and not yeah. only that like her husband basically the 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 result of the movie is that there's a huge conspiracy going on mm. and it involves almost everyone in the film in fact yeah. well, the only people the only person who actually listens to rosemary in, is her best friend who is coded as gay. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting that you have this woman who's experiencing a really traumatic, uh, a really traumatic, uh, what's the word, um, pregnancy process. And the only person who will listen to her is a, mm. a person from another marginalized community. Everyone else is just like, whatever. And even yeah. like some women are in on it. It's mainly men. Uh, who are leading this uh, and it, like at one point even her doctor it turns out is in on it and like the famous line that uh, that I have always taken away from it is uh, her friend like leaves her a note and one it just says like all of them witches uh, <laughs> indicating that like everybody that is around her is in on this yeah. Uh, and yeah it, it I think it deals very interestingly uh, with the the horrors of being trapped in a system that is designed to build, like control you and just use you because yeah. uh, she's being used it turns out she's being used for her uh, ability to carry children um, anyway yeah. uh, it's a very very fascinating and uh, yeah really great movie I like Yay. it a lot. Uh, in the subtext of it, I could go into more details, but you end up with spoilers. So, yeah. uh, but the the if you ever if you go out and watch Rosemary's Baby, um, it it has yeah. Just remember, keep that in mind. The yeah. idea of patriarchy. Her husband's name is Guy. For goodness' sake, <laughs> yeah, it's just Guy. Guy. <laughs> uh, literally, yeah. he's just Guy. Yeah. But yeah, they, go go get you, uh, go check that mo movie out. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's that's my first movie. Excellent. Yes. Um, my second movie um, is because sometimes I just like a little gore for the sake of it. Hmm. Um, it's gonna be a Sam Raimi kind of coming in there with Drag hey. Me to Hell, man. Ooh. Like I really enjoyed that film. Look, I love like Evil Dead. Like should have also kind of made it on here, but like. Mm. Um, I really enjoy Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are both gorier than I recall Drag Me to yeah. Hell being. Yeah, but um, I quite liked uh, Drag Me to Hell because it really, I mean, Evil Dead also takes the piss out of itself, but I just really enjoyed the dancing goat. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. That just really brought me so much joy. <laughs> Sam Raimi is really, I feel like the younger people may not realize how good of a director Sam Raimi yeah. is, yeah. especially when it comes to horror. Yeah, there's a really good nerd writer video uh, mm -hmm. about the the tentacle attack scene in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, and how it basically is like a short film, like a short horror film in the yeah. middle of this Spider-Man movie and how <laughs> well it's done. Yeah, it's great. Like he is if you're looking for something that is 
going to be scary and there'll be the odd jump scare in there. But mostly it's just a really good time if you enjoy a bit of blood and gore. Um, it's I think a Sam Raimi film is right going to be right up your alley. Mm. Um, yeah, basically this one, um, uh, the Sloan officer evicts this old woman and in kind of like classic old woman kind of Baba Yaga, like the old crone kind of storyline. Um, mm-hmm. This woman essentially curses this young girl um, for evicting her from her home. Um, and these demons try to drag her down to hell and that, and it's basically about her trying to figure out how to get this curse lifted off of her. Um, and it's, you know, it does what it says on the tin. It's a good movie. I don't know if you've done much reading about that movie, because I remember back when it came out, there was a lot of discussion about the movie having a subtext of eating disorders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Oh yeah. The 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 crone's hand like goes into her mouth. She like stuffs it into her. Face. Yeah, and doesn't it like come out of her mouth at one point or somebody? Yeah, get, yeah. and the, yeah, she climbs out of it. Yeah, like I'm also yeah. like looking into it now. There's there's no actual evidence that Sam Raimi deliberately tried to make it this way but like there's some people do interpret it that way okay cool i'm gonna watch it again with this view yeah it makes me want to watch it again too uh that movie it really is a blast and then the old lady like vomits a bunch of maggots into her face yeah what's yours yeah my next movie is less of a horror movie and Uh more of a thriller but there's i would say there's horror aspects it is i believe 1953 Three, mm-hmm. the Night of the Hunter. Ooh, uh, Night of the Hunter, starring Robert Mitchum. Okay, cool. oh, nineteen fifty-five, um, starring Robert Mitchum, directed by Charles Lawton. Charles Lawton, a very well-regarded British actor mm-hmm. at the time. This is the only film Charles Lawton ever directed, mm-hmm. and it was not a financial success at the time. Okay. But it has since become a classic. You okay, cool. have most of you have probably never heard of it. You've probably not seen it, but mm. you have probably seen things that are referencing it. This is the movie that originated the love and hate tattoos on the knuckles. Ah. Um, it yes, the it is a ba- uh, the premise of this movie is it's also based on the book. The book's pretty good too. I've read the book, but the mm. it is about a man, uh, a a preacher who travels around murdering people, specifically women, it okay. seems. And uh, he comes into contact with a family. Uh, the protagonist of the movie is the son of that family. The, the Basically, mm. this the, the father at this family had committed a crime, mm. and um, I think he'd stolen money. He'd stolen a bunch mm. of money, and he was arrested for it, but he hid the money. And told his son Jack where it was. And Jack has a little sister named Pearl. Jack's like maybe 10 or 11. And Pearl's like a solid 5. Okay. She Or like even 4. So Pearl's <laughs> small. And uh, he told Jack where he hid the money. And he was taken off to jail. Eventually he was executed. Uh, he was hanged. Mm. And he happened to be cellmates with this evil preacher. Uh, who had been picked up for, I think, unrelated reasons. Uh, And then the preacher, of course, 
like finds out that this dude had money hidden somewhere and so goes to track down his family and mm. bef- and of course ingratiates himself to them and into the community and then uh things things go downhill from there but uh this movie is absolutely incredible Robert Mitchum's performance is fantastic it has a very it's unlike pretty much any other movie you will see in that there's a real fable like feeling to it it's very much it feels like a child's uh scary story and even like set some of the scenes that are depictions of like it gets real expressionist at certain Mm. points the the shadows there's a um for example when the preacher first shows up at the house um he you see it's at night and the kids are in their in bed in their room and jack hears somebody he hears a voice outside uh singing and you can always tell the preacher's coming because he sings uh and uh he as he's like looking out there a a silhouette appears in the window and like consumes them both uh, of this of the guy's head in his hat just like and it's like oh uh, and there's it's uh, the visual style is so arresting. There's a, an incredible underwater sequence that's at at mm-hmm. once horrifying and beautiful. Um, oh, wow. Very. It's a really, really good movie. Even just Googling Night of the Hunter and looking at Google images, you'll see cool. some uh, absolutely fantastic imagery. But okay. it feels like it feels like it's from the perspective of a child. There are parts of it that I think deliberately play kind of silly. Uh, because of that, but uh, that famous, like, I think one of the lines that's most famous from it is just the preacher looking down into the basement uh, and calling out to the kids and going, children, children, and it's just like, it's this deep baritone voice just through into, it's so creepy. Uh, that movie's fantastic. There, uh, as far as subtext goes, there's a lot of subtext of um, of religious, like not just religious, but a lot of like safety and fear. There's like interesting songs that are sung at various points. The little girl sings a song uh, about a pretty fly. It's clearly yeah. a metaphor for what has happened to her. And then there's oh. like these kids are looking for a place to rest and a place mm. to be safe. And they, uh, there's there's an amazing scene where the preacher, the song he always sings, he pops up uh, and a person inside the house who's trying to defend the children starts duetting with him. Uh, Like, so he's like posted up outside of the house, like silhouetted this horrifying figure (laughs) outside. And she's like singing along with him. And it's like, Whoa, this is great. Uh, That movie's (laughs) awesome. I could talk for a really long time about night of the hunter. That movie for a long time about any of these movies, honestly. Uh, But yeah, night of the hunter is a great movie. Go check it out, awesome. especially if awesome. you if you don't mind uh, an old black and white movie. Yeah, I will check that out. That's gone on the list. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's really cool. My one is 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 not a classic. Um. And in fact, it's probably just really terrible. But I really love it because I loved it since I was a kid. Mm. Um. And that is Halloween H two O. Like of, of all the Halloweens, H two O. Oh. Um. Wow. I really love it. I just like because I really like the franchise and uh, like like the women in the story do sometimes like, you know, well, essentially just try and survive Mike Myers. Right. Mm -hmm. Basically. But like this is the first time like 
especially as a young girl watching horror movies and receiving a lot of that messaging that like usually you just die at the hands of like way stronger men um mm. it was one of the first times where i just remember jamie lee curtis kicking in that safety glass and pulling out the axe and just screaming michael down the hallways like you know what i'm choosing violence today fuck mm. you like <laughs> like i'm done with you i cannot deal with you anymore i don't give a crap if you're my sibling you've wrecked my life i can't do this i'm ending it um and i really just in kind of enjoyed that moment of course like you know across like sci-fi and some other things have been um you know sort of it was it was during that period where like we'd had we'd had ripley we were getting a couple of people we were getting um uh gina davis and long kiss goodnight with samuel l jackson and then uh jamie lee curtis and ain't o came out and it was just like oh this is really satisfying mm-hmm. um thank you very much for just like hacking at this man with an axe and trying to <laughs> not just take him down because everybody else just runs to him from him and he just he's just slow walking yep. up at you and eventually will track you down and stab you to death but it was just really satisfying to just see somebody go you know what (laughs) enough (laughs) i'm gonna hack you up and i really just love that movie for that moment honestly (laughs) it's 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 just it's just that moment i filled with so much joy even just remembering it like that sounds awesome that sounds pretty sick it's not a great film it really isn't (laughs) otherwise like um, consensus there's really only one great halloween movie yeah yeah, the general consensus i know there's probably hardcore fans of the franchise out there that may have other ones yeah is it most people is the consensus that the first one is really the only one that you should watch if you're a horror fan yeah yeah yeah. i think it's 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 yeah the first one is the one that you should watch if you're like a massive horror fan but like i yeah, I watched all of them, like, through, just because Ooh, they all kind of came out. Have you seen the most recent remake and stuff? No, I haven't seen that. Like, I think I stopped at about Halloween H2O, or the, or the one just after. Uh, Halloween um, Resurrection? Yeah, essentially when VHS stopped being a thing and I stopped getting my movies at the video store, that's when I stopped watching the Halloween mm. things. Because, like, you walk into a video store and, like, there's all those little placards of what's new and you're like, oh, we'll yep. grab a comedy, a drama, and a horror film for Nazi. So, like, I would, like, consume loads. Um, yep. Yeah, so I really just enjoyed that one for that. And it's it's fun. It's not super scary. Like, if you don't like horror movies in general because they super, super freak you out, like, this is, like, a fun, like, oh, I want to get, in on the halloween vibe but i'm mm. not going to be totally like freaked out by this for days and it's not going to uh, mess with so my anxiety it's, it's not a pure horror as much as much i mean it one. look it no, no no like it is it's scary but like it's there's nothing there's nothing about it that's really going to sit with you for very long unless you have serious anxiety issues like oh, okay. there's nothing about it that's that's it, it is what it is. There's no messaging. Like, it's very surface. Like, there's nothing lingeringly scary about it. It's mm. just it's just a slasher fig. It's just a slasher. That's it. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, yeah, I've only seen the first Halloween. And mm. I, I really like that movie. That movie's great. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad that there is value to be gained from the other movies in the franchise uh, of which yeah. there are many that was like there are so many like at some point you're like please stop like please like there's there's what else them. is I, there i now. have the list right now i'm just gonna go through them real quick <laughs> halloween 
1978, one of yeah. the first slasher movies, codified a lot of the slasher genre. Yeah. Uh, Halloween 2, 1981. Yeah. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah. Okay, 1982. Mm-hmm. They're getting closer. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. They then waited six years. That one was 1988. Yeah. Uh, then Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Yep, so he yep, returned, yep, yep, yep. but now he'll have his revenge. Revenge, yeah. Uh, that mm-hmm. came out in 89. Then Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's 1995. Mm, mm. Uh, so he, he returned, he had his revenge, revenge, and then he left his curse. And then yeah. we have Halloween, H20, 20 years later. Uh, yeah. Then Halloween Resurrection. Halloween... Yeah. 2007 uh yeah. it's a remake by rob zombie then yeah, halloween 2 which is a, i think a sequel to that that yeah. is also done by rob zombie yeah those are fun they're actually kind of fun uh and then we have halloween 2018 which is yeah. they brought jamie lee curtis back yeah this is like it's returning it to the original series but then i didn't realize this they did one that came out this year yeah yeah there is another one that came out called halloween kills yeah yeah there's a lot and that's kind of why the moment where you think mike myers is dead after like he she takes yeah she takes his head off with a bus no with with an ambulance and then he still comes back i'm just like what the fuck yeah there's clearly something uh there's clearly something supernatural yeah but like it's never explained (laughs) like no No. one ever goes into it. Like, that's, that's the deal. Ever. You never know what's up with Michael Myers. It's, like, it's just Mike Myers. He wears the mask. He's a bit weird. It's the actor Mike Myers. It's is just the actor the, yeah. Mike Myers showing up. Uh, that's yeah. why he's so unstoppable. His his career will never die. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I just like that movie because it's a little bit of fun. And it's also like, it feels like a high school film as well. I mean, it's, uh, quite a few horror films are set in that way. But this one really feels like that because all, her kid is going off to Yosemite. Um, it's Josh Hartnett. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it as, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it as well. So like a little bit Aww. of eye candy. But you like know. little baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Wasn't he, wasn't he like a, a teenager? Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I was also a teenager when I was watching ah, it. yes. Very appropriate <laughs> eye candy if you are also a teenager. For me, he was, like, we were in the same. Yeah, he wasn't like... even 20 when that movie came out. I think he I yeah. think he wasn't even 18 when the movie was released. So, yeah, yeah. So if yeah, you he's were, a little, if you he's a a little older than me. Yeah, Yeah, if you're a teenager yeah. who is into, is who's into uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. There's some, yeah, there's if some you're, teenage if, Joseph yeah, Gordon-Levitt. If you're currently like in your early thirties, it's okay to sort of simp on him because you were you were also that age at that time. Are you no, a Joseph Gordon Levitt simp? Go watch Halloween twenty. Is it Halloween no no no? 20. I take I take that back. That's not okay. It's still not okay. <laughs> I, I firmly take that back. Like this I is, firmly we find retract out in this episode, Unati's a hardcore state. Joseph Gordon Levitt simp. No, I I firmly retract that statement. It is not okay if you are a woman in your thirties who never saw the film in the first place when he was eighteen to go perv on. He to go and perv. Uh, yeah. I'd like or, to clarify: yeah. the movie or came like, out in eighty or ninety eight, yeah. and he was born in eighty one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah, even yeah. eighteen when yeah, he yeah. was released. Like unless you were all, unless you watched it 
and you're doing a rewatch. Ah, and then you're reminiscing. <laughs> and you're reminiscing you're about in how touch with you your past, past. Yeah, your yeah how self. you felt in the youthful times. It's okay if you're just a grown ass woman <laughs> now looking at teenage like like teenagers. I do not support that. What if that what is... if you had a crush on Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a teenager and you were like of that age, but you hadn't seen this movie? And you, I, I still think of that as reminiscing. Yeah, because you'd be like, you're, you're oh, reminiscing yeah, yeah, on this you're old school crush that yeah, you had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially yeah. if you personally knew Joseph Gordon-Levitt and both of you were teenagers, and you had a crush on him, then went unaddressed. <laughs> this is this has gone. This is now on its own spiral. Um, yeah. <laughs> I find all of this really Um, the. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, moving on. I'm gonna yes, actually, swiftly. <laughs> I'm gonna throw in a, yeah. a ref, uh, um, something from uh, a D and D game really quickly. It's not a horror cool. movie, but I'm gonna just throw in an example. I'm gonna try and pepper them in. Um, so uh, an example of horror. There was uh, a one shot that I mm. ran uh, back in. I think I think I ran it in 2020. Early mm-hmm. 2020 or 2019, like late 2019, there was uh, at the end. It was this whole crazy dream thing uh, that the that the party was going through, and at the end, they fought characters uh, who were like representational of their greatest failings as a oh. party. And so, oh, uh, uh. yes. So our boy Ryan. There was, yeah. this, I think I may, I can't remember if I've told the story of Timba on air yet. I don't uh, know. So I have to give a little bit of background. There was like a session where they had encountered a bunch of a uh, herd of aurochs. I think I've told yeah. this, where the aurochs are basically a prehistoric cow. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Modern modern cattle. Many modern mm-hmm. cattle are actually derived from uh, aurochs, not oryx, oh. aurochs. And mm-hmm. they're just big, aggressive cows. And oh. they. They, they like there was a herd of these and Ryan was playing a minotaur. So he's like, dude, there's these huge cow things that have shown up. I'm mm-hmm. going to befriend one of them. So he befriended one. Uh, he said he rolled so well to mm-hmm. like w- to win this cow to his side. Yeah. And he named her Timba. Uh, mm-hmm. And immediately the next day after having gotten her, tried to ride her. Only to discover that Timba is a wild animal that you just kind of befriended and then yeah. took from her herd. She is not riding material yet. You need yeah. to train her for that. Yeah. Uh, cow- most things don't like it when things climb on top of their back and <laughs> and try to just sit there. So she did not respond well to that. It was a whole struggle. And then eventually the party was on was like wanted by the government by the, uh, and they were trying to sneak through this huge field and there were scouts all over the place looking for them and uh timba rolled too low on her on her stealth check and some of the scouts spotted her and ryan's character jaw upon realizing that timba had been spotted but none of the uh, the rest of the party had he'd been leading her through these the grass yeah and he just drops the the leash that was like leading her uh-huh. And she's like, gives like a confused moo, and he just keeps walking, and she lets out another moo, like, hey, because he's, you know, this is her friend. And yeah. he, without even looking, throws some rations over his shoulder. <laughs> he literally says, I throw her a ration. Ryan. And Timba died. 
Uh, let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Timba, Timba was killed by oh, by some no. opportunistic scouts who were like, "Hey, we can have steaks," because they were halflings as well. So they were like, yeah. "This is this is so much beef. Yeah, <laughs> so just, much. This will be great for us and our families." So they <laughs> Ryan, killed Timba. Man. Ryan, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you, Ryan. We um, love you so much. So in this in this session, a a <laughs> revenant Timba appeared. <laughs> try and kill Jal and she almost did he, she got him awesome. unconscious with two failed death saves at least yeah. once possibly twice like he was yeah. on the verge of death twice uh timbo was on a <laughs> mission man um and that was one of the things another one a character her brother had had his brain eaten by a, an intellect devourer yeah. and it had controlled him and he'd run it back into the plane that he originally came from and so she saw like a representation of her brother yeah like in chains uh with some kind of like metal muzzle over his mouth uh, and he was like he it was like a straight jacket of chains that he couldn't so he couldn't move uh, uh -huh. and he couldn't speak it was like he could see what was happening but he couldn't do anything to affect it and then he, the power uh it was all of this was like reskinned stuff but yeah. he um the the metal like muzzle would like clink open and force his jaw open uh mar far past the point where it should have been opened uh yeah. and it was just as it's like opening and then he'd let out this horrible blood-curdling scream that would force oh people to make like uh, wisdom saves and stuff like that and uh that was kind of a representation of like yeah you failed like you you basically helped get your brother's brain eaten and now he is a threat to everyone around him even though he himself can't do anything and the way that we depicted people having their brain eaten was very it was basically the sunken place from uh, get out so you're yeah. just like floating there like no and you but all you can do is watch Oh no, that's horrible. Yeah, that it's, it's also similar to like the Yerks from Animorphs, if anybody's read that, yeah. where you're still inside and you can feel and hear and see and taste everything, but yeah. you can't do anything about it. Aww. You're just stuck there and there's something else controlling you. Uh, it's real, real bad. Um, anyway, that was a little bit of horror that I had dropped into a past campaign. My yeah, next movie. Go ahead. Is I believe well, 1983, 1984. Uh, this is uh, another. We've been talking about Halloween. Oh, this is 1982. Dang. Mm. Um, this is. We've been talking about Halloween. I want to talk about uh, the the first Halloween movie was originally uh, directed by John Carpenter, and he mm. also wrote the the famous theme song. He played the whole score. Uh, I think yeah. he wrote it as well. I'm going to talk about another John Carpenter movie. John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, that's good. Yes. The that premise of The Thing is – The Thing is like a sci-fi horror film mm -hmm. that uh, takes place in Antarctica. There's a bunch of men uh, at this base in Antarctica, a research base, and there's like a Norwegian base where something has clearly gone wrong, and this dog shows up being chased by guys in a helicopter who are shooting at the dog. The dog, it's a husky. The dog like mm. runs up to them. These dudes are like pointing the guns, screaming at them in Norwegian. No one can understand what they're saying. Uh, the, they end up shooting the Norwegian guys. They die. Turns out mm. there's something really wrong with this dog. Um, there, this, basically the, the idea is that there's a monster that is able to uh, basically take you over 
and mm-hmm. then replace all of your cells with its cells mm. and just pretend to be you. And given enough mm. time, it can create like a perfect copy of you. But Ew. it will go around and try and assimilate everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it there's... There, well, I, the subtext, I mean, first of all, the premise of a bunch of guys being trapped in a base, because you're in Antarctica, There's. it's mm. now like they're getting a blizzard coming through. They're mm. stuck here with a thing that they can't identify, mm. and it's hunting them, and it could be anyone. We don't know who it is, because it's also smart, so it will try and do things to throw people off its trail and possibly even frame other people. And so you don't know where, like, who is the thing, who is currently infected by the thing. This 1982 movie about a bunch of guys fearing an infection that they can't identify but can be found in the blood. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious what the subtext is here. Mm. This is, uh, I don't know if this was intentional, but it is very easy to read this as a metaphor for the AIDS epidemic, which was raging at the time, uh, uh-huh. especially since uh, at this point, not a whole lot was known about AIDS. Mm. Uh, there was still a lot of mystery, but it seems to primarily be affecting gay men and uh, drug addicts. And mm. in this case, you have... It's all men. All of them are men. And it's a disease that is, it could be anyone at any time. Uh, You have to keep away from everyone else. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers. Aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. If you have contact with other people, you could get it. Uh uh-huh. 
and there's like a there's a famous scene where they're testing everyone's blood to try okay. and see wh- who is the thing at mm. that point or who has the thing. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, it's it's an amazing movie. Stars Kurt Russell, Keith David is in it. Oh. I think Wilford Brimley <laughs> is in yeah. it. Uh, I love Wilford Brimley. I, I oh. have I talked about Wilford Brimley on this show before? I don't think you have. Uh, Will okay, so Wilford Brimley, uh, I have he he is Americans of a certain age will know him specifically mm-hmm. for his diabetes medication commercials. He was a big okay. activist to help okay. people with their diabetes, like type two diabetes specifically. He was a pretty rotund fellow. He was kind of old. He looked like a walrus because he had this big old mustache, mm. and he's the famous word that he would mm. say is diabetes. He would always talk about how his top two diabetes. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's just the way that he'd say diabetes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, when I'm trying to deal with my, when I need help managing my type two diabetes, I turn to such and such and such and such. And yeah. Anyway. Aww, uh, he, yeah. He seems like a genuinely nice dude, but he, Wilford Brimley is in this movie. And okay, cool. <laughs> uh, there's actually an amazing video. Folks, go go watch this. Go Google Diabetes Cat. Uh, ah. There's like somebody took a cat who looks just like Wilford Brimley. And the cat like turns <laughs> the camera and I presumably went like. But they they uh, they edited it in. So when the cat looks and does that, you hear diabetes. Uh, and it's to this day one of my fav- favorite internet videos of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Because <laughs> this is a really fat, fluffy cat. <laughs> Diabetes. That's I'm gonna, good. I'm gonna say I'm gonna make you watch the video after this because I love okay, that cool. video. Okay, um, cool. I'll watch it. Anyway, Wilford Brimley's in it. Um, yeah, it's 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 just yeah. an amazing film. The 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 thing. There's a lot of body horror. A okay. lot of body horror. John Carpenter also did the the theme for the thing, the music for the thing. Uh, great movie. Also, you could you could read it as like a metaphor for communism. Like, oh, okay, you cool. can't tell who the communist is. This is okay. Uh, cool. Awesome. Awesome. Anyway, awesome. that's that's my third movie. Yeah. Um, I'm on four now. Yeah. 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 Uh, my number four is not strictly a movie. It is a TV series. <gasps> I know, right? Um, oh. And it's them, which came out on Amazon Prime this year. Ooh. Um, we, and it's fairly pro- polarizing because basically you have to know where your grim dark level is. Like, <laughs> and is it? Ma- would you describe it as grim dark, or just well, grim and dark? Grim and dark. Okay, because um, grim dark is like edge lordy. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. This isn't Edgelordy. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going for more grim and dark, and also just because, because it's a TV series, and because each episode is one hour long, and it's focusing on a family's experience of racial trauma. Um, the creator is looking at how it affects everybody. So, how does racism affect black men? As and how does it affect white, um, black women? How does it affect um, young black adolescents in school? Down to like, how does uh, racism infiltrate the education system to the point where it's affecting young black children at a really young age. Um, and then those, how do those things then intersect in the home? Basically, how does then, how does that force interactions between family members who are mm. going through that level of stress at all times? We, um, so that's kind of represented by like the paranormal force that's in the home. Um, but 
obviously on the outside there is still actual just racism just 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 plain fucking racism mm-hmm. like really racism. clear yeah yeah sparkling racism is 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 alive and kicking in the streets so you know we out here in these streets do you know what i mean racist. and 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 it has a really interesting effect because because you know what's para- what feels what's coded in a paranormal space and what's actual kind of literal um literal vitriol right starts to like get like starts to look the same right like mm. like it it all becomes this horrible monster it oh. all equates to this terrifying monster that becomes racism and mm-hmm. the effect for me was that racism i mean you know I keep having to explain this every time I explain this to people, but you know, racism is real, but let mm-hmm. me just let's say this, like it made racism really real. Like and when like I finished incarnate. watching it, yeah. And in like incarnate, I was like running up the stairs, afraid of the dark because I was afraid of the racism. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, Oh, there's fuck, racism hiding dumb. under the stairs. Yeah. Like it's like, it's done that like, because that, because it's in the house, right? It bleeds into their home. Like it's in mm. there as well as a paranormal thing. So like, it was really effective in doing that. Mm-hmm. It is polarizing because it can feel like persecution porn for some. Depend, oh. and that's why I say, where is your grim and dark level? Because I live in like Attack on Titan land, and I can just take that level of like, just give right. me all the traumas, right? Whereas right. some people are like, oh, is this going too far? Mm-hmm. And I, I think by the by its very nature of being a TV show with I think eight or nine episodes all about an hour's length, like all intense and high octane, it's mm-hmm. going to feel, it's going to feel like a lot. Yeah. And also in a, in a culture where you can binge something like that. Like right. you so don't have to wait eight hours of horror like and pain, eight hours. And, and it, it, you know, and what the producers of the show did is that they then with each episode also released, um, the cast and directors, um, like talk back because a lot of it is like some some of the stuff that they do is like pushing like a line like mm. and deliberately i think in an interesting way um it's skirting a line and it's fascinating um it's always like just on the edge of like oof, like <laughs> how Maybe far is far. this go- yeah like how far is this gonna go because i think that i think that we are largely desensitized a little bit um and and not necessarily about racism because obviously like there has been there's been a massive kind of resurgent you know due to um george floyd um and mm-hmm. people are like you know now trying to look into this and do the work i'm like thank you welcome to the club um sorry that was like the most glib i've ever been like thank you well done you're an ally thank you very much um uh keep doing the work um but like <sighs> There, I think there is a space in which work can be made to remind you just how kind of difficult it is. Because when I when because when white when my white counterparts go, I don't really understand how it feels. I now have something to be like, you see this? Just watch this. Just spend eight hours watching this just incredibly spend traumatizing series. Eight hours watching this, and then afterwards, like have like a nice meal. 
maybe a nap and then watch how they see us back to back. And then maybe you'll get like a little sensation <laughs> of what it feels like, like that level of like that level of cortisol running through your system all the time, just like baseline stress. Yeah. That's always kind of there. Um, so yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was beautifully done. I thought it explored, explored, each element of racism in an interesting way. Hmm. Yeah. So this is a not for the faint of heart. Even I mean, none of these are for the faint of heart, but this one yeah. sounds like it's really. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. Um. Yeah, because it is it is it is a depiction of trauma, like it mm-hmm. is. Um. In my opinion, I don't think it's it's a pointless one, or mm-hmm. senseless one. Um, I think it's really articulate in what it's trying to do and really effective. Mm. Um, and I think it's use of, oh, what do you call them, Jeremy? You've used them before. American tall tales. Oh yeah. Tall tales. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's use of, uh, it's usage of American tall tales is excellent. Like John Uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I think, and how it subverts them and uses them to explore these really intense themes. Um, Mm. Yeah, uh, like the the young adolescence uh, sort of teenage experience, the young girl, that was like back to back my experience um, when I was at a private school in South Africa when I was at King's College. That's what it felt like. That mm. is literally my experience of being in like predominantly white spaces. Like I was like, I'd never had, I'd never watched somebody actually articulate it like that. I was like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Mm. Um, it's it's I, I thought it was brilliant. And it's, and it, and it's rough. I ain't going to lie. It's rough. Like space it out. It's it's hella rough. Yeah, it um, sounds really really interesting. I may have to check that series out because I I remember hearing about it. Uh, so I remember hearing now that you're talking about it the the polarizing opinions because the group the there's a uh, Facebook group that I'm in and the people in that Facebook group were real down on it. So uh, it's I think it's nice to hear how it was a very effective show for you while it may not yeah. be as effective for them. And 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 also let me let me let me just like mark this. I am not Black American. That's also true. That I think that has to be said for part of my experience of it. Yes, I understand. Like obviously, I resonate because I'm also Black. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I don't necessarily have that direct American experience of that. Mm-hmm. I, I come from South Africa, so I do have an understanding of segregation and what that you feels like. You come from the other racist place. We come from the other, like, hello racist place. Um, so, I, so, I, so I can really understand and empathize. Um, but I will say that I suppose, I guess currently, because Hollywood has been greenlighting a lot of these sort of black-coded horror, pieces of horror, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jordan Peele's work. Get Out changed uh, a lot, folks. Yeah, Get Lovecraft Country. Lot. Like, a lot of the stuff is kind of coming out, um, mm-hmm. this kind of genre-bending stuff. So I think maybe there is a level of exhaustion that I can appreciate and understand. But as a piece of work, it does stand for me. And for my taste, like, I'm like, yeah, bring bring on the traumas. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's, like, let's tear off the Band-Aid. Let, like, let's just mm-hmm. go for it. But that's not for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm just I, like heavy warning there. Like. Yeah, I think you've made me. a. I think you've made a great case for it, and also, yeah. uh, if anyone has, if anyone is going, anyone who has listened to you talk is not going to go into this being like, this is going to be a light romp. 
oh no, it's it's really really not. But like the yeah. female lead, I'm sorry, she nails it. Like she just nails it. She's amazing. Like the cast, everything. It's shot beautifully. It's amazing. Yeah, I really mm. enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely gonna have to check that show out. Uh, yeah. Sounds awesome. Thank you, Unati. Pleasure. Uh, the the next one on my list is actually sort of a, I cheated as well. This yeah. is two movies. This oh. is Alien and Aliens. Yeah, 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 yeah. That should be both, on the list. Both very different, mm. uh, but both fantastic in their own ways. Um, Alien. Uh, I won't go into too much detail. Uh, I guess we should. We're gonna have to put a content warning at the beginning of this episode just for light discussions of yeah. eating disorders, and also this is a trigger warning because the subtext of the first. Well, I'll give you the premise first. I'll give you the premise of of the movies. Actually, no, I'll yeah. just give you the trigger warning now. Trigger warning: There's a discussion of sexual assault coming. Yeah. Not detailed, but it's referenced. Um, yeah. The the uh, alien is about a group of, I think, uh, cargo haulers. Essentially, they're just like your working class blue collar folks just hauling uh, cargo. I forget exactly what they're doing, but it's it's just a basic job on this uh, freighter ship, I believe, yeah. called the Nostromo. Yeah. And they get a signal from a planet that I forget. I forget even why they go to the planet. The planet, the name of the planet is LV426. I remember yeah. that very, very vividly. <laughs> very vividly. But why uh, they're I, going there? <laughs> yeah, LV426. LV they're going there to check something out. I'll read it yeah. right now. Um, they are, let's see. It's a, yeah, okay. They're a space tug. So they're a tug ship. Um, yeah. I guess they tow people. And they, um, they oh, they received a transmission from a nearby moon, and they there's they are supposed to go investigate the uh, distress signal according to company policy. They go down to this uh, this planet, this moon, and they discover that there's all this alien construction there. It's, it's like they've just, they stumbled upon some kind of old alien complex everyone seems to be either gone or dead they only see i think one alien there that appears to have been have died somehow it's got like a hole in its chest uh they eventually come upon all these eggs and uh what's in these eggs turns out to be very bad very very yes. very bad yeah um, that's the first. That's the premise of the first Alien. The premise of the second Alien, I mean, is ba it's a follow up to the first one. I don't need to tell you the premise. It's Alien stuff. There's a bunch of aliens this time. They, uh, but the fr the first Alien is directed by Ridley Scott, 1979. Incredible movie. Uh, the it's clearly influenced by stuff like 2001: A Space Odyssey, but also stuff like Halloween. Uh, the idea of being hunted by something um, is through this ship. It, it also jaws the idea of like not really oh. seeing the alien clearly for the ma the majority of the film, which they did partly yeah. because the alien suit looked bad. So like it yeah. was a great design, but the it, they didn't. It looked like a guy in a suit, so they tried to show as little yeah. of it as possible. But yeah, the effects fantastic the subtext of the movie very much about sexual assault and that's not yeah. a theory they the the creators of the film have gone on record as saying they deliberately did that um yeah, yeah. the whole life cycle of the alien 
clearly based around sexual assault. The yeah. uh, the the way that the alien's head looks, the how phallic its head is, the fact Ooh. that when it opens its mouth, another little phallic mouth pops out. Um, yeah. The way that Veronica Cartwright character Cartwright's character dies, very yeah. sexually coded. The the chest bursting scene, it's basically mm. like an erection plop popping out of this dude's chest. Uh, mm-hmm. There are uh, even everything with Ash. Uh, there's an, an mm. Andrew, the Ash, Ash the Android, um, yeah. who has. I think his quarters are have a bunch of like porn mags, uh, porn mm-hmm. magazines, like uh, taped up. And then he tries to kill the protagonist Ripley with one of these magazines by rolling it up and shoving it down her throat. Uh, she knocks his head off, and a bunch of white goo comes out. There, yeah. like it is. It is through and through. The yeah. the the uh, ship's main computer is called Mother and looks very womb like uh, in the way that it's yeah. designed. The yeah, it's just. And then finally, uh, you have Ripley, this lone woman alone with this alien monster. Uh, she ends up winning. Spoiler alert. Because uh, yeah. there's a sequel, but Sigourney Weaver, this is the this is the role that made her a star. It's a yeah. great movie. Uh, I would argue again a feminist movie, uh, mm. except in regards to in 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 contrast to Rosemary's Baby, which is more of a feminist tragedy. Uh, Alien is she wins, she wins mm. in the end, and she doesn't win because yeah. of her purity. She wins because she's she she's awesome and she survives. Like she wins because she's smart and tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and does not get brought down by this thing. And yeah. that brings us, speaking of being smart and tough, to Aliens, which uh, is very much pivoting really from a lot of the sexual assault stuff into, I would argue, a deconstruction of toxic masculinity and machismo. Uh, James mm-hmm. Cameron directed the uh, the sequel, Aliens. Both of these, like, what a pedigree. Your first movie is directed by Ridley Scott, and then you yeah. go to James Cameron. Like, yep. what a... What a pedigree here. Um, The sequel, I think, came out in, like, either 86 or 88. Um, The sequel's post-Terminator, the first Terminator. But the uh, Aliens is – it's amazing. There's a bunch of space marines now investigating a facility, also with Ripley. And Ripley's, like, constantly trying to warn them. But all these, like, super macho marines – even the woman who's part of this unit is so Mm. macho. She's over-the-top macho. All of okay. these people are so macho. And they're like, it's a, uh, James Cameron has said that it's supposed to be a reference to Vietnam and how the U.S. Army went in being like, yeah, we can totally win. The-. And then next thing they know, it's just, yeah. And it really yeah. does not go very yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, they were completely unprepared for the situation they were walking into. Yep. The this is uh a, yeah, that's what happens here. These these folks did not realize just how bad it was going to get. And uh what's very interesting is all of the macho people die. Um the worst person in the movie, though like the biggest villain in the movie mm. or I guess biggest secondary villain in the movie is this spiny uh, excuse me. Sp- what is it? spineless, weasley, uh, kind of like nice guy type who's mm-hmm. like uh trying to be like, oh yeah, go. I'm everybody's friend, and I'm the money guy, and blah blah blah. But he's also clearly treacherous and can't be trusted. Um, mm. the alien, excuse me, the android in this movie is actually very polite and does yeah. not try to do anything untoward to anybody, and he okay. survives barely. Uh, okay. barely. And then the one Marine okay. who survives is the nice non-macho 
Marine, the guy who's respectful and considerate of Ripley and actually comes closer to listening to her than anyone else. So all of the toxically masculine people die and the only the only male figures who who survive the movie except for the I can't I can't remember if the Weasley guy dies. Uh, okay. I think he does, but okay. uh, the only like positive male, the only male figures who survive the movie are both like positive non misogynist dudes. Uh, okay. And then the final okay. battle is between Ripley and the alien queen uh, over like the alien queen is angry because her children have been destroyed. And now she's attacking Ripley's surrogate daughter and Ripley shows up and those two throw down in a truly iconic scene. Um, it's yeah. It's Aliens is more of an action movie, but still very strong horror DNA. Uh, Alien okay. is pretty much a pure horror movie, Hor- pretty yeah. pure horror sci-fi, and then yeah. Aliens is horror sci-fi action. Okay, cool, awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, I made the mistake of watching Aliens and Predator as a double feature at the Prince Charles Cinema. Uh, uh-huh. Predator really comes off as being really stupid if after yeah. seeing Aliens because yeah. a- a- Predator. It presents the exact same types of guys, mostly uncritically. It's just like yeah. who the manliest survives in Predator. Yeah. For me, the best the best parts of Predator are the Predator itself. I think this yeah. is, I think the the idea of like this invisible thing that's following you, even though there's like some weird racial coding there mm-hmm. uh, with the dreadlocks and the way it's like yeah. oh he's in the jungle and all this stuff. Um, there, I I like the idea of like this being that just hunts people. And yeah, is like cool. the sounds that it makes and everything are really great, um, yeah. but also the over the top stuff. That's the that's yeah. the other best part. Uh, yeah. The the over like the the comedy essentially of being like I'm a uh, it'll make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus like me. <laughs> that's an amazing line. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, Aliens, great movie. I'm done talking Excellent. about it. I could talk <laughs> for a- about Alien and Aliens much longer, but I will stop there. No, for sure, for sure. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you. I might need to rewatch those again. Um, yeah, my my number one is 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 pretty it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy as get out. Like I, hey. I really I really, really enjoyed that film. Um I think it's really well balanced overall. Um and I mean you you kind can't of a, miss a little bit of a comedy horror. A little bit of a yeah. comedy horror thriller. Little little bit of a comedy horror thrill, which I kind of enjoy. Like and also, you know, you can't you, you get what it's about kind of immediately. And I find that its subtlety is really quite chilling. Um some excellent, excellent performances. Like excellent performances. Mm. Um yeah, really, really help yeah, really help to to sell it. Um and again, just um, taking something really quite personal and quite politically coded um, and wrapping it in a lot of beautiful Hitchcockian elements um, <laughs> and finding that that visual language and internal metaphor for something that is essentially happening all around you more often than you think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, not the weird like stealing people's but but yeah, the weird stealing people's bodies things and using people's bodies for cattle and, and and you know you know financial gain and that kind of thing like that's 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 really happening. Um, so I really enjoy it. I think it's a really good film and it's it's a good one to start to start your resident sort of like still kind of got one foot in bigotry friend on. It's like a. <laughs> 
This is also, this is kind of nice. It's also a good movie if you are if you get freaked out really easily because I would argue yeah. it's yeah. if you really dig into it, it's kind of horrifying. It's, it's pretty horrifying, but right, yeah. in terms of like what actually happens, not it's as scary as a lot of the other movies that we're talking yeah. about. Not yeah. that violent it, either for the most part. Yeah, yeah. In terms yeah. of like it's, gore or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, it's yeah like like you said, it's horrifying, but it's not scary. Yeah, it's a lot in of that, suspense. Like, yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And there there so, are some scary parts for sure. They are. There are there are some elements, but like it's not gonna it's yeah, not gonna it's, cause it's you not to the not same be able as Alien sleep. Aliens, the thing. Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah you won't lose any sleep. Yeah. And I'm gonna throw that out actually, Night of the Hunter as well. Really more yeah. of a thriller. Not I would say not a horror movie. Uh yeah. as such. But yeah, the, yeah. the Get Out's an amazing movie. It's an, it's an incredible movie. film. It's an absolute triumph and it's um it's kind of uh just in terms of like what it's done for the industry and other stories of that ilk, it's changed. It's changed the game up. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad. I'm really happy about that. That makes me very happy. Yeah. Especially as a big Key and Peele fan. Yeah, yeah. It makes me really happy too. I enjoy that. I enjoy it. What's yours? What's your number one? Uh, well, it's an, I wouldn't. These aren't really in any order. I've just been. Yeah, just like yeah. the fifth movie. I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. I say my fifth movie, there's some honorable mentions that didn't make the list. Uh, the Texas uh-huh. Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Uh, the first one specifically. There's yeah. a lot of subtext to do with slaughterhouses. Uh, but yeah. even beyond that, shockingly, not that violent of a film. Yeah. If you actually watch it in terms of on-screen violence, really not that violent. You see, mm. there are there are bad, there are violent acts committed, but not, in my opinion, all that graphically. But still, it's mm. very effective. And the last twenty minutes is one of the most disturbing sequences I have seen in any horror movie. I yeah. love that sequence. I have yeah. one of my, I have like a cycling computer background thing, and yeah. one of mine, one of them is that dinner table with all of the family just like ah, like leering. <laughs> that sequence, I I have like stories of the making of that movie because it was like a no yeah. budget movie, uh, yeah. and they were shooting it in the in Texas in mm-hmm. I think the summer in like this house with horrible ventilation. There was a oh, point no. at which the actor playing Leatherface forgot that he wasn't actually Leatherface and attempted to murder the actress. Uh, like he thought he actually was Leatherface and decide and tried to attack her for real. There's a uh, there's no. there's a part where this was just in the making of it. There mm. there was a point at which they're they're supposed to cut open the character's finger, like not like huge. It's not like a huge mm. cut. It's like a, they cut her fingertip, and they had a fake finger to do this with. But because of how hot it was, the the blood injector thing wasn't squirting anything out. So yeah. they just took the actress's actual finger and shot the scene just cutting open her fingertip of her actual finger, uh, uh, which I think was consensual. I really hope it was. I, I really hope so. It was the early – it was like the early – I think it was a 73, so it wouldn't surprise me if they did pull some BS there. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't think the actress holds any lasting – like, I've never yeah. heard of her coming out being like, this movie ruined my life. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, yeah. The Exorcist, uh, oh, also, cool, yeah. I think, 1973. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff about belief versus non-belief, puberty, yeah. young woman's burgeoning sexuality and all that stuff, good versus evil. Um, yeah. Groundbreaking. I would say at this point more shocking than scary. There is stuff yeah. in this movie that, uh, to this day, you don't see in movies. <laughs> like yeah. the, the crucifix scene, you couldn't yeah. put that in a movie yeah. now. 
Yeah, you, you just can't put that couldn't. in a movie. And yeah. that movie, when it came out, became the highest grossing movie of all time. Yep, so, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that movie yep. goes hard. That it movie goes really goes hard. Hard. Really um, does not pull any punches. Yeah. Um, Hereditary. Yeah. From just a few good. years that ago. Was on, that, was, that was also on my honorable mentions. Yeah. yeah. I was toying a with l- that. A lot of family dynamics. Yeah. Uh, what people cool. pass on to their descendants and yeah. how the descendants reckon with it. Like, can yeah. we escape our heritage? Should yeah. we try to escape our heritage? I don't know. There's a, there's a lot. That movie, yeah. I like that movie a whole a lot, dang yeah. lot. I saw that, that movie like three times in the theater. Uh, yeah. And that one is definitely very violent. Yeah. <laughs> it's very that movie is way more violent than texas chainsaw massacre yeah um really violent movie and great acting um oh, excellent what's, performances what's the actress's name i can i can't remember anybody's names right now uh the mm. she's she's australian she's been yeah. in she's like this incredible actress but uh, half the time you don't even realize what tony she's collette been tony collette yeah. yeah tony collette's a beast yeah she's an incredible she's actress. A beast and yeah. she's incredible in this movie. She does yeah. such a great job. Yeah. Um, and I think Thanks Alex Wolf from the Naked Brothers Band. Yeah. Uh, is in, he did a really well. good job as well. Yeah, he does. Uh, mm. And a few other uh, actresses and actors who pop up in other places that you might recognize. Mm. The movie's awesome. Um, and then uh, this one I would say is controversial for understandable reasons. Actually, I didn't acknowledge this. For those of you who are not aware, the Rosemary's Baby itself is a controversial movie, not really because of the movie so much, but because of the person who directed it. The person who directed it has very rightfully fallen from grace for having committed some pretty heinous crimes uh, yeah. in the late 70s and not really having been brought to justice properly for them. It's a whole thing. If you want to look it up yourself, you can. Uh, yeah. So if you if you object to watching the movie on those grounds, I ain't going to criticize you. Um, yeah. I personally don't object to watching the movie, but uh, if you do, understandable. Same thing with Silence yeah. of the Lambs, although Jonathan Demme, the director, has not been accused of anything. Uh, yeah. But it's more the uh, a lot of trans people, even at the time that the movie came out, uh, feel mm. that the movie comes across as being very transphobic. Um, yeah. So... I will simply say that I saw it when I was a teenager and the performances absolutely blew my mind. I think the, again, the subtext of the movie visually, I think is really fascinating because most of the horror in that movie comes from the fact that the movie puts you in the from in the perspective of Jodie Foster's character. And there are all these scenes of her walking into rooms of all these men towering over her and staring directly into the camera And so they force you to identify with being a woman trying to navigate male spaces and how men leer at women. And there's so many visual representations of just like how uncomfortable this this situation is and how all these dudes keep hitting on her and flirting with her. And as she's just trying to do her job. job. um, Yeah. Yeah. That's another one my mom made me watch when I was like 10. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, the uh, that movie's that movie is it gets pretty intense. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah Anthony really Hopkins' <laughs> career-defining performance. Yeah, absolutely brilliant performance. Yeah, does he steals the movie and he's in the movie yeah. for like fifteen minutes. It's unreal. Yeah. So good as Hannibal Lecter. But if you yeah. don't want to watch a, if you want to watch a horror movie that involves, or a, a horror product that involves Hannibal Lecter, but you don't want to watch a movie that has been marred by associations with uh, transphobia, uh, you could go watch the show Hannibal. 
Yeah, really good. Yeah, the show is also really great. Mads Mikkelsen does a very, very different performance than Hannibal Lecter, but still fantastic. Fucking uh, excellent. Yeah, it's it's yeah. sort of like prequel-ish to, I mean, it's about uh, yeah. to Hannibal, or excuse me, to specifically Signs of the Lambs, but also yeah. just kind of in its own continuity and mixes and yeah. matches the, it like remixes the books. Because there's like yeah. a section, they adapt Hannibal before they adapt Red Dragon. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, very artsy fartsy also very gay yeah very yeah. especially as it goes on it becomes increasingly yeah. gay yeah uh, by season three it's just fully gay yeah i i think to the point i think they, yeah they, it, it, it goes from being subtext to being text it's just yeah. gay uh so yeah really if you want to watch some uh some gay horror it's kind of like real artsy horror it's not horror the, the gay part is not the horror but uh it's anyway yeah it's a horror show nowhere near as intense as them i could tell you right now <laughs> uh there's there's like the 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 horror from this comes less from vi from uh seeing violence and more from seeing the aftermath so i guess it would be body yeah. horror in that sense yeah. uh yeah. some of the stuff that happens to the victims because it's mostly like a serial killer show of them like trying to track serial killers yeah and it's really like the art direction is exquisite yeah but some of the things like these serial killers do like one of them is a yeah. lady builds she like lobotomize people and then yeah. create beehives out of their bodies like in their heads yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. there's one guy who transform who uses people's vocal cords he like treats their vocal cords to make them into human cellos cellos that's uh, my favorite one i love that yeah one so much. there's one where a dude is like capturing totem people pole is great as well yeah yeah there's also uh. the one uh where they they uh create a color wheel of humanity mm. Like they yeah. get humans of every single hue and create Ooh, a, and like glue them together to create a really color rough. wheel. Yeah, that one's yeah. very rough. There's yeah, it's a very interesting, very the mushroom very... dudes. The mushroom. Yeah, mushroom that really one was good. that one was rough. Uh, yeah, that's so that's good. A, yeah, really great, uh, really great yeah. show. It's a shame that it ended when it did, but it ends. Yeah. I will say it does not end in an unsatisfying way. They did a great yeah. job ending that show. Yeah. Hopefully, it comes back someday. Uh, but anyway, that, those are my those are my little uh, side things that I spent more time on than I wanted to. Sorry about that. I've talked so much this episode. It's um, all good. This yeah. yeah, this is my my final pick is this actually made my list. This is The Witch. Uh, oh yeah, by Robert Eggers, released in 2015. Yeah. I think I watched this movie four times in the theaters, and I've watched yeah. it several times since it was released. I yeah, adore this film. Uh, it is it. I would I would describe it as like a prequel to The Crucible. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, this this family uh, in co in colonial era uh, America. Uh, yeah. uh, I guess United States specifically. Yeah. Uh, before like they to the point so colonial that they they literally came over on a boat. Like they yeah. they uh, I don't think any of them were even born in in on American soil. They uh all have English accents still. All northern. They got these yeah. Yorkshire accents. It's great. So still uh, largely puritanical, right? Very very yeah. puritanical. They are yeah. excommunicated from their community for the father's sin of, I think, pride. They don't go into yeah. a lot of detail, but the movie opens with them being excommunicated. They mm. leave and have to go live out in the woods by themselves. 
uh, or near the woods, like right by the woods in this cabin. Uh, there is something, something up with the woods. Something, <laughs> something bad in them woods. There's yeah. a. Uh, I really want to see this. On the yeah, uh, Anya Taylor Joy. This is the movie that put Anya Taylor Joy on the map. She does a great job. Um, I can't remember the names of the other performers, but the actress, the the her, the actress who plays her mother, plays um, oh, Catelyn Stark's sister. Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, in Game of Thrones, Cat's mm-hmm. younger sister. Uh, who has like the she is the weird son, yeah. Uh, um, or something I am I am not up on Game of Thrones, so like okay. you just saying Game of Thrones to me means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, she's Le- Lysa Aaron. That's her name, Lysa. Yeah. Uh, or Lysa Tully is her maiden name. I cannot remember the name of the actor. Oh, Kate Dickey. That's the name of the actress. Kate Dickey plays the mom. Uh, another actor who's in Game of Thrones and other stuff. Great big deep voice, awesome mm. Yorkshire accent. He plays the dad. Um, uh, it's there's a lot of like subtext of like coming of age. But also mm. the oppressiveness of that society in terms of sexuality and mm. being a young woman in general, uh, like femininity cool. and all these different things. And it's not just about the the young; it's mainly about Anya Taylor Joy. But there's also a lot of stuff about her uh, younger brother also coming of age. Uh, mm. His puberty is not so great. Uh, huge amounts of sexual subtext in this movie, and just text, honestly. Um, yeah. And they and the dad is like constantly chopping wood uh mm-hmm. and so there's like this weird thing of like masculinity and trying to provide for the family being the strong masculine yeah. figure uh and uh also uh, there's a big black goat who's terrifying black philip awesome. uh just i love this movie love this movie <laughs> uh it's it's the most recent movie on my list uh Ooh. it's fantastic uh, I can't. I can't say enough good things about it. There's not a single part of it that does not work for me. Uh, the, my favorite line, I will say, is quite unintentionally comedic, in my opinion. Uh, there's a moment near the climax of the film where the dad yells out, "Did you make some unholy bond with that god?" And it's <laughs> it's a preposterous thing to say, yeah, <laughs> but delivered with such conviction. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love that movie so much. Most it's not a comedy, it's just, you know. Uh not yeah. really that violent, but still kind of disturbing. A lot of people find it to be slow. It's definitely of like the new breed of like atmospheric horror movies. Mm. Very at very atmospheric horror movies, but not so, a like, lo- so, like um Midsummer as well, right? Yeah, but Midsummer actually ha- yeah, it's similar to Midsummer. Uh, yeah. But Midsummer actually has more, well, a little bit. Yeah, I would say more on-screen violence okay. overall, but it's okay. similar. I find The Witch okay. scarier actually than Midsummer. Okay. okay. Uh, but they're both they're they're both in that same vein. And actually, Robert okay, Eggers cool. and Ari Aster are buds. Yeah. Uh, Ari okay, Aster cool. directed Hereditary and Midsummer. Uh, yeah. Robert Eggers directed The Witch and The Lighthouse, which isn't really a pure horror movie or else I might have considered putting on this list because the, the Lighthouse cool. is also incredible. That movie is yeah. bonkers. Truly <laughs> bonkers. I love that movie. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a solid, that's a solid bunch of stuff if you if you want to pick through. 
yeah, this episode has gone on long enough. Um, yeah. I hope, do you have any, I guess you haven't really done it, but if you want an example of including horror in a game that you can mm. listen to in a way that is shocking to your players and horrifying to your players, but does not ruin the whole dang game, um, mm. you can go listen to episode four of Outlaws and Obelisks. And granted, uh, that basically advice for including horror, and this is very, this is very thin because I can't spend a bunch of time on it, Talk yeah. to your players ahead of time, so do not spring something like this on them. Uh, make sure yeah. you know what everybody's lines and veils are or what things they are comfortable with you including and what things they are not. Uh, yeah. And so do not include the things that they are not comfortable with. That's not how you get to horror. That's how you get to a, a game that needs to end. Uh, yeah. But if if they are okay with things, then you work in that playground and then... Yeah. Yeah, you create situations where uh, there's a sense, there's a fear, and fear usually yeah. comes from a certain sense of powerlessness. So while you certainly yeah. don't want to take away the party's agency, you want to create a threat that feels so credible that it's like, oh dang, I don't know, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know yeah. if I want to try and handle this. This thing is yeah. horrible. That's what you want yeah. to do. Uh, yeah. And and there's also and fear does, of the really unknown. Well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But it's, that's it's that's what you want to try and do. A fear of, like, they don't know what it is necessarily, uh, or even if they do know what it is, they know it's really, really bad, uh, yeah. and they're not 100% sure they can get it, like, they could beat it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's kind of what you want to, uh, that would be my suggestion. Um, yeah. But yeah, please, respect your players' boundaries. Yes, of course, it's always important to respect boundaries. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have any last thoughts, Unati? No, have a really spooky October, people. Yeah. Yes. Have uh, a good time. Yes, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this top five. Uh, yeah. I really enjoy every time we do a top five. They are never just top fives. But <laughs> never, ever just top fives. Uh, but, yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed this latest edition of the Halfling Top Five. Yeah. Uh, we, will, we will catch you all later. Uh, so long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. Ha 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 